0: Welcome to the ministry of Gene Fraser. We trust that the word you're about to hear will have a transforming effect on your life. Now, here's Gene with today's message.
1: When we were saved, when we were born again, God gave us, He crowned us with Himself. So not only, and for a queen, you know, not only the physical crowning when she's crowned, you know, and they put the, the crown on her head, they also, there's a big presentation. They also give her clothing. She's got all this, and they give her a scepter. So what came to me was, well, when we were saved, when we were born again at our coronation, when we were saved, we were given a robe of righteousness, right? The Bible talks about that robe of righteousness. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. He put that robe on us. We don't have to try and get righteousness. He put that robe on us and we are righteous because of that robe he gave us. And then it talks about how they also, they give that queen a scepter. And to me, the scepter, that's the word of God, Hallelujah. So glory to God, we are queens for Christ. Amen. And we've got that crown on our head and we've got that robe of righteousness on us. And we've got the word of God as our scepter. Amen. So your salvation was your coronation. Proverbs chapter three, verse 26. That scripture says, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So the Lord is to be your confidence. And who knows, when we first hear, we hear the word confidence, we, we think of self-confidence, right? And the world has a lot to say about self-confidence. And we're going to get into some of that. But it's not to be a self-confidence. We are not to have confidence in ourself. Our confidence is to be in the Lord and in him only. The Lord is our confidence. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12. It says, in whom, speaking of Jesus, in Christ, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. Everybody say confidence. With confidence, through faith in him. So our confidence comes through faith in him. Our confidence doesn't come by what we do or what we've done or what we haven't done. Our confidence comes through only him. Amen. In the Passion Translation of Ephesians 3.12, it says, We have boldness through him. Everybody say, through him. It's not through what you've done. It's not through what you can do. It's only through him our confidence. Let it shine through. We have boldness through him and free access as kings, or we could say queens, before the Father because of our complete confidence. In Christ's faithfulness. Come on, He's so faithful, and we are to put our confidence in His faithfulness, not in our goodness, but in His faithfulness. Amen. And you can confidently wear your crown, O Queen. Confidence in knowing that He has made you righteous. That's so big. It's just so big. He has made you righteous. We don't have to try and be righteous. And there's so many religions out there. They feel like they have to do all these good works. Good works are good. It's all in the Bible. And we're to be doing good works. But first, we have to know he made us good. It's not our good works that make us good. Him and him only, through the blood of Jesus, makes me good. Makes you good. Amen. And when our trust and our confidence is in him, then... We can be all that he's created us to be for him. Walking in that confidence with that crown on our head. Amen. So he has made you righteous. We don't have to try and be righteous. Say it. Say, he has made me righteous. Well, if someone made you something, you don't have to try and get it, right? You you don't have to try and be it. You've been made it. Hallelujah. Let that sink in. Mm. And then in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, that's the scripture it talks about. The righteous are as bold as lions. Do I have any bold women out there today? Come on, you think, oh, well, that's not me. That's not my personality. Well, as we, you, you know about me so far, that it being bold is about my personality. But you know what? I'm partaking of my father, and he is bold. So it doesn't mean that you have to try and be like me to be bold, though. You and yourself, you be you. But you be bold, knowing that you are wearing a crown of confidence. And through that confidence, you can boldly come, amen, Amen. and boldly have and receive all that God's already given to us. Amen. But the righteous are as bold as lions. So as we grow in our righteousness, we're going to grow in our boldness. As we grow in our boldness, we're going to grow in getting everything that God's got for us. And not just for us, because remember, it's not just about me and you. It's about all the others in our life that we are to be influencing too. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. I'm going to read it in the NIV. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. In another translation, it said the result. Listen, this is the main part I want to bring out. The result, the effect or the result of righteousness, we could say, is confidence. The result of righteousness is confidence. So see, but so many times, especially even we as women, we try and find, we try and get confident, that self-confidence in the way we look or the way we dress or the, the possessions we have or the people we hang around with. Don't let that be your confidence. That's all things of the flesh and that's not where our confidence is to lie. Our confidence is to be all in him alone, Jesus Christ, amen, amen. The result of righteousness is confidence, so we don't have to try and get confidence. Don't focus on confidence, but yet the world scream, oh, be self-confident. They talk about all these classes and these books to build up your self-confidence. Ladies, if you have a book about building your self-confidence, I encourage you today, go home and throw it away. Because we are not to be self-confident. So the result of righteousness is confidence. So what? So go after righteousness. Go after a revelation. What is revelation? When the word just becomes alive to you. It's not just letters in a book, but it's words that come alive to you as you look. And so go after righteousness, knowing that you are righteous. And as you come into that revelation, who knows? It's not like all of a sudden overnight. Oh, yeah, I know I'm righteous. It's a growing. It's a process. It's never ending. Even when we get to heaven, we're still going to be growing. Do you understand that? It's not like we're going to get to heaven and, like, everything stops. I mean, life still goes on. There's lots of stuff going up in heaven. It's a real place. And this really is just the training for the real home for us when we see him face to face. So I encourage you, don't go after any kind of confidence, self-confidence. Self-confidence. Go after his righteousness. And as the more we see how righteous we already are, that's gonna make us bold as lions and as confident. But so, like we said, there is a confidence in the flesh. And this is a big one. We're gonna to turn to this scripture, Philippians chapter 3. And we're gonna pick it up just in verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and look at this, and have what? No confidence in the flesh. Oh, come on. Just a little confidence in the flesh. Come on. Just a little, no confidence in the flesh. This is what Paul said. No confidence in the flesh. And let's go on. Look at this. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. (laughs) If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more so. So basically Paul's bragging here. Hey, if anybody could have confidence in the flesh, it's me, baby. That's what he's saying. And then he goes on to tell us, list the reason why. Verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Boy, it doesn't get any more zealous than that. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. So basically, right there, he bragged about himself, of what he was in the flesh. And he's saying... Verse 7, but what these things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. But indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Verse 9, and be found in him, not having my own Righteousness. Listen, if anybody had a reason to have their own righteousness thinking they were right, it was Paul. And he's saying, don't. (laughs) And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That's where our righteousness comes from not from what we've done, what we haven't done, what we've done wrong, what we've done right, that makes us righteous. No, comes from God through faith. So that word confidence in the Greek, when you look it up, it means to trust or to rely. As he's saying don't, you can't trust in those things. You can't rely on them. He had confidence in his righteousness. And Paul went far He went very far. He finished his race. But you know what I wonder? If Paul held on to his own greatness, he wouldn't have been able to take hold of God's greatness. Only one is good, and that's God. That's what the Bible says. I want to say that again. If Paul held on to his own greatness he would not have been able to take hold of God's greatness. Come on, no matter how possible, and we've all got different lives we've lived up to this point, but no matter how great or you think, my life hasn't been great, it's been lousy. Whatever your story is, God's speaking to you this morning. First Peter chapter 1, verse 24, up on the screen. Because all flesh is as grass, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass the grass withers and its flower falls away but the word of the lord endures forever so that's basically saying hey all the glory of man it's all going to wither when we die which i don't really say die i just call it when i move if you're born again, or even if you're not born again, you know, people, they're really, the flesh isn't going to die. The spirit, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You're looking at my body. I'm looking at your body, but that's not the real you. And this ain't the real me. The real us is spirit. And so when we, what the world might say, when someone dies, I talk about it, they leave. They leave. They, I'm going when I leave, I'm going to, when I die, I'm going to leave this house and go up to heaven. So there's, there's people out there that are going to leave this house and fall into hell. And that's what salvation is all about. Being saved, not by our own righteousness, but all that Jesus did for us. Just simply believing in God and faith in him. You're born again. But we don't want to have confidence in this flesh because you know what? And sometimes, you know, people think, oh, if I was just 25 again, you know, and all of that stuff, especially that women go through, I thank God that, you know, as you continue to grow, you just, you just start to see more than ever before, truly, this scripture right here, this flesh. I mean, hey, I'm all for looking the best that I can and, and dressing the best that I can and all that kind of stuff. But listen, I know this is not what life's all about. You know, and there's religions out there that make you feel bad like you've got makeup on or you're trying to look as pretty as you can and dress as nice as you can. Well, I'm not getting caught up in that either. I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be the best representative of him that I can. Listen, God will make you look good. But no confidence in the flesh. Because that's all going to come to an end, my friend. And if we put our confidence in ourself, what happens, ladies? I mean, there's some people actually, you know, they hate themselves. Talking about the physical, they hate themselves. You put your confidence in the self, there's people that actually hate themselves. They need your help. They need our help. And maybe if you're one that's thinking, well, I hate myself, well, then you're here for help today. And then you can go help others. Because women need help. Women need a lot of help. We know it because we are one. And we know we need help. But listen, so I want to talk about mirrors for a minute, okay? So, but we need to make sure that we're looking in the mirror. The Bible is likened to the mirror of the word. Let's read it. James chapter 1, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Or we could say what kind of woman she was. So basically what that's telling us is that's why we want our face in the book. We want our face in this mirror more than another mirror. Now, I'm not... Ta- thank God for mirrors. I don't have to even talk about that, right? Thank God for mirrors. Hallelujah. But even more important and more that we truly understand and thank God for. Is this mirror? Because see, in this mirror, and I'm gonna show you scripture in a minute, but this scripture doesn't just show us our imperfections, but at the very same time, it's transforming us to look just like him. When we look in a natural mirror, what happens? We come on, we all go there. You see all your imperfections. Who knows? We're always right, we're our worst critic. I mean, I understand that. I'm my worst critic. You're your worst critic. But we got to stop looking at ourselves according to the flesh. If you stay looking at yourself according to the flesh, it's going to keep you in the flesh. Yeah. And you don't want to be in the flesh. You want to be in the spirit. Yes. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled, unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Listen, the, beholding in a mirror, that we are beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, justice by the spirit of God. So that's basically telling us when we're in the word, in the mirror of the word, as I'm in here, I am being transformed into his very image. I'm not just seeing. So see, don't be afraid of seeing your imperfections. Come on. It's okay to have imperfections. Ladies, we're not perfect. I mean, flesh is flesh. And when it gets older, things start happening. You know what? Just get over it. I'm sorry. Just some of you just got to get over it. Stop looking and thinking, oh, if I was just 25 again. Well, you're not. What are you going to do? Now, stop trying to look like you're 25 because you're not. And then it's going to look stupid. Yeah. Comprendo? Comprendo? But it's funny. So, so have you ever been in a store? And um, have you ever been in a store? Okay. I've been in a few. Anyway, so when you're in a store, I'm talking like a clothing store and things, right? Um, who knows? There's inaccurate mirrors. But I don't in the house, you just inaccurate. It's like sometimes you look in a mirror and it like makes you look like short and fat, right? I mean, it's like, and you you know what you're seeing is not the way you really look, or like you're thinking, oh God, I I hope it's not the way I look. <laughs> You know what I mean? So there's some mirrors that are like that. And then there's other mirrors. Don't you, like, want them to be with you everywhere? It's like they just make you look tall and skinny. And it's like, I like this mirror. (laughs) You know? So there's some mirrors we like, some mirrors we don't like. But this mirror, we just, you got to love it. Because this mirror is the truth. So you got to stop tearing yourself apart. If you're one that does that, you stop it. I want you to bring up your hand. Stop it. Stop tearing yourself apart. If you are a child of God, you are beautiful. I'm not talking about the flesh. God's not seeing us after the flesh, He's seeing us after the Spirit. And you know, stop it, because there's so many, we'll say, beautiful women in the world. But come on, if we could only see what does God see? It's the Spirit. And if they are not born again, if they don't have the spirit of God living inside of them, what does that do? They've got the spirit of the world. And guys, gals, that is ugly. Sometimes you just got to stop and think about these things and get your thinking straightened out and in line with the words of God so you won't doubt. Won't doubt who you are. Won't doubt how amazing you are. Won't doubt how beautiful you are. And don't you talk about yourself that way. Don't even let it come out of your mouth. Look at me, I'm so fat, I'm ugly. Whatever, whatever, all those things. You, you talk the way God talks about you because that's the truth. The others are deceptions and lies and it'll cause you to compromise your walk with him. So stop tearing yourself apart and rather build yourself up in the mirror of the word. So no more tearing ourselves apart. Rather, we're going to build ourselves up in the mirror of the word. Now, listen, I'm going to share something with you just a little personal. You know, I know years ago, I mean, just something the Lord has helped me with, but it's like, let me just tell you, just because there's a mirror, a natural mirror around, doesn't mean you have to look in it. And I know you might be like, well, I, by the grace and help of God, he's, he's helped me because I asked him years ago, I need help with this Holy Spirit. And if you ever need help with something, the Holy Spirit's your helper. That's one of his jobs. He's your helper. You ask the Holy Spirit, help me. I need help with this. I see I'm not reaching it. In the, I, Help me, Holy Spirit. You're my helper. So I asked him, Holy Spirit, help me with this. And I'm telling you, it's just, it comes natural now to me that I don't, I will not and it, who, what knows, just as you're walking and there's a mirror, what, the automatic thing you're going to do is just kind of look in the mirror. But what happens when you look in the mirror sometimes? It'll try and bring you down. Or you know what else it'll do? It'll try and puff you up. Stop looking at yourself so much in the mirror. It will try and bring some people down and it puffs other people up. And what is it? It's all Pride. But what I've done is whenever I'm near a mirror, I will not I will not look in every mirror. Now, yes, I look in mirrors. Just I need to look in them just like you do, right? But I'm just saying, it's a little training, but when I'm walking down a hall or, you know, there's a, a mirror, like at my house, there's a place where I walk all the time and there's like a mirror, you know, on the wall right there. And I'm telling you, and I've even shared this. Where's Alyssa? Haven't I shared this with you, honey? Right? Remember this? I say, I've told her, I was like, I, I don't look in that mirror. Because if I looked in that mirror every single time, I mean, I'm telling. Because years ago I used to, and it's like it, it would get you upset, you know. And what it just gets you in the flesh. So I don't have to always be looking in a mirror, but it's always right there. And I I make it a point. I just turn my head. Not that I'm afraid what I'm going to see. I just know I don't have to see because I've seen what I look like today. And so don't be afraid. When we look in the word of God and we see imperfections, we can't be afraid to look in this mirror. I mean, sometimes that natural mirror, it's kind of afraid. You're kind of afraid. You don't want to look because you're going to see all the imperfections. And does, what does that natural mirror do for us? Absolutely nothing. But when we look in this mirror, we see our imperfections. Don't be afraid of them because know this, that at the same time, what is he doing? He's transforming you and me. Into the very same image. Come on. Give it up for Jesus. Man, isn't that good? What a great mirror. It shows us what's wrong and then it fixes it. Amen. So we look into a natural mirror to fix something, to cover something up, to to make us look better. But we look in the spiritual mirror to be transformed. So just make sure you're looking in that spiritual mirror more than the natural mirror So God's word, it brings us confidence in knowing that He is completing us. God's Word, as we're in this word and we're seeing our imperfections and He's transforming us, it's so important to us for to be in this mirror, to be in this word, because it brings us confidence in knowing that He is completing us. Notice, He hasn't completed us. We're still a work in progress. We'll always be a work in progress. But this word brings us confidence in knowing that he is completing us. I love this scripture. Put it up on the screen. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be confident that he's completing it. Don't try and complete it. Be confident he's completing it. As we continue to get to know him more and feed on his word and be transformed, knowing that confidence is that he is finishing. He's going to finish what he has started. Don't get anxious about it. You're thinking, well, why God this or why God that or when God this, when God that. Our confidence is in him, in his word, what he's told us. And know that he is completing what he has started in me and you. Have confidence in that not confidence in yourself, how much you can get done to get yourself changed and to get all that he's put in your heart to do. Listen, God has put so many amazing, huge things in our hearts. And if there's something huge in your heart and you think it's impossible, it sounds like God put it there because it's too big for you. And you know what happens then? God gets the glory in your story when it was too big for you. But you trusted him. And through you, he did what he wanted to do. He gets all the glory. So don't be afraid. Have confidence in him. He knows what he's doing. So now once we get this confidence in him, you need to hold on to it. Ladies, you cannot let it go. Don't let your confidence go. Hebrews 10, 35, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. That word cast away in the Greek means to throw it off. Don't throw off your confidence. And remember, this is not a self. Don't throw off. This confidence we're talking about is the God confidence, right? It's not self-confidence. So, you know, religion will try and make you throw off your God confidence and get all focused in on your self-confidence. There's religions out there. It's all about what you do. And that's what makes you right before him and accepted by him. There's nothing we could ever have done to be good enough. And that's why God knew he needed to send his only son to save us. So, we cannot throw off that confidence, that God confidence, that crown we put on, our coronation, our salvation, hallelujah. Keep your crown on. Religion will try and make you throw it off. Religion will, oh, it'll do all sorts of nasty things. You just fix that crown. Say, In Him I know I'm found. And this is my crown. In Hebrews 3 6, it says, Hold fast. The confidence, firm to the end. Listen to that language there. Hold fast. The confidence, firm to the end. That hold fast in the Greek, or maybe it was firm to the end, but in the Greek it meant a grip that won't let go. A grip that won't let go. You know, when I think of that, I think of like a dog with a bone. My Lord, give that dog a bone. Who knows? He knows it's his bone and he ain't letting go, Right? I mean, a grip that won't let go. We have to hold on to our confidence through Christ that he gave us. Hold on to it with a grip that will not let go. I want to read 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have what? confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming again the confidence is found in him because you abide in him you won't be ashamed when you stand before him isn't that good because you abide in him you won't be ashamed when you stand before him and let, let's go to 1 John. First John five fourteen. That scripture says, Now this is the confidence that we have, where? In him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we also know, well, I'm reading the wrong one. We also, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. So this is the confidence that we have in him. So I wanted to bring that out and mention that these, those two scriptures, 1 John 2.28 and then 1 John 5.14, they're just powerful, just knowing that this confidence, it's, those are just more scriptures to back up. Our confidence is in him. And then, of course, this 1 John chapter 5, I mean, it's all, that's all about praying. That's prayer. This is the confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything anything, anything according to his will, his word is his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And what's, come on girls, if we know God hears us, well then we're going to have what we asked of him. We, you have his ear. You have not because you ask not the Bible says. Why don't you go ahead and ask as long as it's according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, he hears you and he's hearing you and he wants to do what you're asking. We've got some examples that we're going to look at here. Examples of confidence. So first I want to look at Paul. Okay. And Paul, remember that was the same one that we were reading over in uh, Philippians chapter three. Remember he was saying, Hey, no confidence in the flesh. Hey, if I could have confidence in the flesh if anybody, you know, right? That was Paul. So here's Paul, Acts chapter 27, verse 25. I'm going to just pick up here. And, you know, if you want to know the whole story, you can go back a little bit later and and read more of it. But I'm picking it up right here in verse 22. So Paul's basically out there on a boat with a bunch of guys, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that, okay? Verse 22, and now I urge you, he's speaking to the men, take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. So basically, there's you know, this big storm, you know, and he, Paul's saying, hey, don't lose heart. It's going to be okay. There's, no one's going to no die. Just the ship's going to be wrecked. And he's, he tells him why. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, look at this, an angel came and spoke to him. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So basically, they were on their way to Caesar, and this angel came and told him, "You got to be there. So you're not going to die yet, because you're going to Caesar. You got to stand before him." And then he told him, "There'll be no loss of life. All the people that are around you, they won't they won't lose their life either. Just the the ship's going to be wrecked." So an angel. So I I want to say it this way, because it's not like, oh, the angel spoke. But what did the angel bring? The angel bring the word of the Lord. The angel didn't bring their own word. The angel brought the word of the Lord to Paul. So I want to say here that Paul had confidence. This is an example of confidence in his word. Paul is a great example of confidence in God's word. And there's so many other examples too, but I'm just hitting on one, because I just love that story. And Paul said, he goes on, In verse 25, like we said, I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. He said, I believe God. But that sounds like confidence, doesn't it? I believe God. And you got to remember, he's in the middle. There's this, I mean, it's going crazy out there, right? But he's saying, I'm not going by what I see, what I feel, and what's happening around me. I believe God. That it will be just as he told me. Another example, Esther, chapter 4. Verse 13 through 16. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain, he's talking to Esther here. If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Have you heard that before, ladies? Verse 15, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. She's sending word back to Mordecai. She says, go, gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king. See, listen, she knew if she went into the king, that was against the law, and she knows nobody just walks in to the king. But she knew she had to do it. How did she know? It was a conviction. And she said, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. That was conviction that gave Esther confidence. That was conviction. She knew what Mordecai told her. She knew in her heart what she needed to do. And come on, it, was, it could, basically it could get her killed. And she said, If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. I've got to do it. It was conviction. She knew what she had to do. And who knows the end of the story? God came through. She didn't die. She brought salvation. So that was an example of confidence in his conviction. Those convictions can make you bold and strong in your confidence of knowing what he's told you. And then the last one is his name. His name. Jesus's name. The Bible tells us that Jesus's name is above every name. And I always think of that when you hear a word, uh, a disease word. Or anything, any name, any word. Jesus's name is above every name. There's no name bigger and more powerful than his. And ladies, through Jesus, we've been given his name. Remember that authority? We're wearing crowns, gals, and we've got that authority. He gave it to us. We had a salvation coronation, praise God, and through that we have all authority through His name. It's not about you. I don't care how much you're educated, I don't care how little you've been educated. It's not about you, it's about Him. But again, so there's nothing against education all that. God uses all those things for his, you know, a part of your story. But we just got to make sure we're not basing our righteousness because of it or because of the lack of it. Amen? Our eyes are on him. And with him and in him, we do what he's told us to do. We follow him. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, let's read that quick. So this is the example of confidence in his name. This is the story of David and Goliath. Anybody ever hear about that? Okay, I just want, I need to look at this. So we're not, all of verse, uh, excuse me, all of chapter 17 is about David and Goliath. Verse 32, so then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Remember, let no man's heart fail him. Paul said that, yeah. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Meaning him, he's referring to Goliath, the giant. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able. Okay, so basically Saul is the king and he tells, he's basically telling David, he's a, he's a little teenage boy. And he's telling him, you're not going to be able to do it. You can't do it. Da, 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 da. And David's saying, hey, I've killed lions and bears. You know, I mean, he, see his upbringing brought him to this moment. It's all Training. And now he's in this moment where he's about to stand before the enemy of the Israel. And because he yielded to God these other times and had confidence and was able to kill the lions and the bears and all those things in those other times through God, he's ready for this moment. You don't just get to the moment overnight. Life is a process of moments to bring you into the next moment. But it's always going from glory to glory with God's story. And so here he's like, he's like, come on, I can take him on. I can take him on. And, and then Saul tries to put uh, his armor on him. He's like, okay, we'll put this stuff on. So he's trying to put the king's armor. He's trying to put it on little David and it ain't working. Don't try and be somebody else. Be you. Only you can be the best you. And I can only be the best me. So don't you try and be me. It won't work. And I won't try and be you because that won't work either but you be you, me be me, and together we will affect eternity. (laughs) Amen. So verse 40, then David's just, just getting some stones and the bag and the staff in his hand, and he's just ready to go out to Goliath. And you think, what in the world is this stupid kid doing? Okay, verse 42, and when the Philistine, that this is Goliath, right, the giant, when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. That means he looked at him like, what are you, an idiot? For he was but a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? It's like he, this giant's looking at him, it's like he's coming to him with some stones and a stick and like he's going to take them on? (laughs) Then verse 45, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear, And with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Notice David didn't say, I come to you with my stick and these stones. It changed. He's saying, come on, I might have a stick and some stones in my hand and it's all a part of God's plan. But I know I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And he is the one that will defeat you, O enemy. And David yielded to God and he took that sling and those stones and it wasn't so hard to kill that enemy head on. And that's what we're called to do. We defeat the enemy in the name of the Lord. And then we use his very weapons that he tried to use against us, against him. And we help bring other people in into the kingdom for him. Come on, I'm getting excited. (laughs) Hallelujah. An enemy of confidence is condemnation. Condemnation is a confidence killer. And some of you are thinking, oh my. Then my confidence is killed. Because I deal with condemnation all the time. I'm telling you, today is your day confidence, condemnation is not from God. Condemnation is from the devil. Now conviction is from God. Sometimes people come and we've been told they come in and, you know, the word is being misministered and, and they leave and they're like, well, that's just a condemning message. No, I'm sorry. It was a convicting message, but you're not willing to change. That's what makes the difference. Learn this, guys. It's good because it'll help it'll help you help other people too. Condemnation is just an unwillingness to change. Conviction is from the Lord. But it comes with the power to change. Come on, we're getting free in here, aren't we? And again, I know I look at these amazing faces in here, but I look past all of you to the people in your lives, too. You bring this to them. And some of them you bring here, but others, you're in their workplace. Everybody isn't called to come to life. Faith, we get that. We know that. But you go be the church. You're a living epistle. Go be the church and help them. You know, on your job, you might have someone, you know, they go to this church or that church. We're not trying to steal people from their church, but you can bring them revelation from this congregation. They need to know, oh, you're feeling condemned. You left that church because it was condemning. You might want to go back and allow God to convict you. We're not afraid to be convicted. Remember, we're not afraid to look in the word of God and see our imperfections. Let Let it convict you so it can change you. So First John 3, 21, here's the scripture. Condemnation is a confidence killer. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive. Listen, that word receive, you'll love it. Some of you that love to study in the word, in the Greek, it means to take. Sometimes you think receive, you think, oh, well, you know, they're going to give it to me. No, that word receive in the Greek means to literally take, to take possession of. So when we're praying and we're asking to receive, it's, it's actually saying we're praying. Our praying is our taking. It's not our asking and waiting. It's our taking from him. So we can say it this way. So if our heart does condemn us, we won't have confidence. Ladies, what did we hear? Confidence. It's everything. Confidence in him of knowing who we are in him. He's our righteousness. We have to keep our confidence. Remember, we have to hold on to it firm to the end. We can't let it go. We have to hold it with a grip that won't let go. So you can't let condemnation take away your confidence. So when you start feeling condemned, remember this. Remember it. It's showing an unwillingness in you to change. But that's okay. You can change it right away. Just get willing. And then it turns into conviction. And through the conviction comes the power to walk in it. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You cannot let your heart condemn you. You got to keep your crown on that crown of confidence, right? Come on, maybe ladies, why don't we just go ahead and just straighten our crown, just straighten that crown out. You got to wear it with confidence. We're wearing that crown with confidence. Think, Oh, just little old me. I'm just a worm. No, if you're saved. You're a child of God. Wear that crown with confidence and defend it with everything that's in you by the power of God. Because he is your righteousness. In Christ, you are a queen. Amen. In Christ, we are a queen. So in conclusion, Matthew chapter 27, verse 29. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they're talking about this is about Jesus. Going to the cross and all this. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews. They took a crown of thorns and they twisted it and and they took that and they put that on Jesus' head. They crowned Jesus with thorns. So that I could be crowned with confidence. They crowned Jesus with thorns. So that I could be crowned with confidence. Because that crown of thorns on his head was all a part of him going to the cross for you and me instead. We killed Jesus. We look in the Bible and we think, oh, they killed Jesus. They killed him. No, we did. Our sin. We killed Jesus. You think well, I wasn't such a bad sinner. There's no such thing. A sinner's a sinner. And we killed him. But see, we don't have to bang- we don't have to stay there. We remember that. Because to me it it just brings an overwhelming gratitude of what I know, and it helps me just to see it even more and to just be thankful to him. Amen. But they crowned Jesus with thorns so that I could be crowned with confidence. So remember, it's not a self-confidence. It is a God-confidence, confidence in God. Confidence is not to come by what we have, but rather by what he gave. Confidence is not to come by what we have, but rather by what he gave. And he gave us everything. He held nothing back, even his only son. He holds nothing back from us. May we grow in that, that we would grow in the knowing of don't hold anything back from him either. And that's interesting. Him not holding anything back Helped us, didn't it? Now us in life, to the degree that we're walking and not holding anything back, we're going to be able to help others. Just like we were helped. But the key is our confidence. The key is our confidence, just what we're, everything we're talking about here, just God and his presence and, and what he did, and, you know, just life in general. The key is this confidence and this confidence that we have because of the crown he wore of thorns. Now we can wear this crown of confidence. So the key is our confidence. And then the blood of Jesus is our entrance. Because of that blood that was shed for you and me on that tree, because of that blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus is our entrance into his presence. He wants you in his presence. He wants you. You think about that. Picture that crown, that crown of thorns. Why don't you close your eyes? That crown of thorns upon his head. For you and me our sin instead. He wore that crown. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You took that crown so we could wear your crown. And in you be found the righteousness of God. Thank you, Jesus. So the key is our confidence. Confidence. Got to hold on to it. Never let it go. And then the blood of Jesus is our entrance. The blood of Jesus, that blood shed for you and me. Back on Calvary, it's our entrance. you think our entrance into what? Our entrance into him. Into all that he is. Into all that he has. Freely given to us. So the key is our confidence. The blood of Jesus is our entrance into his presence.
0: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Jean Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org or call 888-542-2555. You can hear more messages by Jean Fraser by going to her media page at jeanfraser.org. While you're there, you'll also find more information about Jean's bi-monthly Ladies' Bible Studies and A Night in the Glory Ladies' Meetings as well as her annual U Glow Girl Ladies Conference. That website again is jeanfraser.org. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.